Hello, and welcome to Making the Case, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Attorney General's Office. I'm Samantha Fisher, Communications Director and Host. The Tennessee Attorney General's Office is the law firm for the state and manages a wide variety of cases, antitrust, consumer fraud, environmental enforcement, and much more. The work is complex, challenging, sometimes even controversial. If you like history and law, come along with us for Making the Case. Today's discussion will most likely fall under that controversial category. One of the hardest and most misunderstood roles of the Attorney General in Tennessee involves defending criminal judgments in the state's appellate courts. That includes death penalty cases, and these cases are often litigated for decades. Joining me is Associate Solicitor General Amy Tarkington. And Amy, I can't think of anybody better than you to talk about this because you have practiced in this area for your entire career. So could you start with an overview? Provide us with the big picture of capital cases in Tennessee. Because for years when I was working here and first started on capital, people would say, well, we have the death penalty, but we don't have any executions. You know, what's going on? And and first of all, there's the, the federal picture. Just, just to give people kind of a big overview, in 1972, the United States Supreme Court in Furman versus Georgia held that it's unconstitutional for juries simply to decide life or death with no guidance, you know, because juries aren't familiar with the criminal system and they may not necessarily know how to pick out the worst of the worst. And so they said the states need to give them some guidance as to channel their discretion, and they also need to consider the individual aspects of the defendant. Because before that, some states would just have an automatic death penalty for first-degree murders. So after that, a lot of states went back and reworked their statutory framework, and in 1976, the Supreme Court approved Georgia's death penalty statute, and it did that model we were talking about, whether you weigh aggravating and mitigating circumstances. So in 1977, Tennessee passed our sort of modern-day statute. It's had some amendments since then, but that's the basis of it. And that's when we kind of entered the modern era where it was even possible. The first uh, execution of the modern era was Robert Glenn Coe, and that was in April of 2000. And it had been 40 years since we had had an execution in Tennessee. And just to give your listeners sort of an idea of how this proceeds, we here at the office, you know, didn't know really what to expect. Coe had initially gotten relief in the district court in federal habeas, but the Sixth Circuit had reversed that. And then he filed a petition saying that he was incompetent for execution. The Supreme, the U.S. Supreme Court has said there's a constitutional uh, right that the defendant has to have enough mental capacity that he understands the reason he's being executed. And so co-filed a petition saying, I, I don't have that capacity. And so it went to the trial court, and the trial court ruled against him and that went to the Tennessee Supreme Court, and they affirmed, and he also filed a cert petition. And the United States Supreme Court denied that petition around 3.30 in the afternoon. And if I can just back up a little bit, uh, at this point in time, the Supreme Court would just set an execution date, but they left it to the Department of Correction to set the time of execution. To, uh, and they, they were set for 1 o'clock in the morning. And that was for a couple of reasons. The warden felt that for prison security, it would be better if most of the inmates were asleep, you know, for to not cause such a stir. And also, you know, as a practical matter, it basically it was the day before would give us time to get the litigation, the, 
the final litigation um, hammered out. So as I say, on, on the Tuesday before he was to be executed at 1 o'clock uh, that morning, the next morning, the Supreme Court denied cert, and so we thought, okay, now this is time to go forward. And about 4 o'clock that afternoon, his attorneys filed a declaratory judgment action in the Davidson County Trial Court. They challenged the um, execution protocol. We've seen those now in modern times where they're challenging the specifics about lethal injection, but there it was more just procedural aspects of the protocol. And so the then deputy of the division went over to argue that, and I went with our solicitor general to watch, and the solicitor general could tell that the judge was leaning toward uh, granting relief, and in fact did. At 9.30, he granted a stay. And so we came back to the office and prepared a motion to vacate that we filed in the Tennessee Supreme Court. We filed that at 10 o'clock, and at 11 o'clock, court vacated the stay. And at that point, we notified the warden and the execution then went forward. That sounds like a very intense day. Those days were just absolutely draining, you know, emotionally, mentally. Um, it's just, it's exhausting for, for everybody involved. I've been here for one of those days, and the tone is always very somber, almost still. It's the most somber and solemn thing that we do in this office we recognize our role, and we're, we're just trying to, to do our job for the people of Tennessee. Do you feel that you're doing a job for the victims in the case, or do you try to keep that kind of separate? We don't directly represent the victims, but they are included in the people of the state of Tennessee, and that, I think, for all of us, is in the forefront of your mind, you know, what they have been through, and, and to try to, to, to be a voice for them in the process. A lot of times at the end stages, and, you know, we recognize that a lot of these defendants have had difficult lives. You know, we don't, we don't take that lightly. Amy, of all of the capital cases you've been involved in over the last 30 years, is there one that particularly stands out? I just, it, it, this was actually um, the third execution of the modern era, but it really sticks out in my mind, particularly about impact on victims. Uh, it was the Philip Workman case. A quick summary of that case, Philip Workman was convicted in 1982 for the murder of a police officer following a robbery of a Wendy's restaurant. This happened in Memphis. And his execution date had originally been set for March 30th of 2001 on that, you know, the day before the 1 a.m. execution. We had responded to 16 separate filings during the day and night, and we had one at each level. He had filed a um, cert petition attacking the clemency process, saying that actual innocence wasn't given enough uh, due. And the United States Supreme Court denied cert that afternoon. Uh, and so we thought we were moving forward. He had also filed a, what's called a quorum nobis petition in the state trial court, claiming that he was actually innocent. And the trial court had dismissed it. And so we, we thought we were proceeding. At 10 o'clock that night, uh, the victim's widow came to the office and she met with all of the attorneys and it was a very emotional thing and she said you know this is this litigation has been going on forever and now I'm finally going to get justice uh, for my husband and she thanked each of us individually it, it was very moving and then she went on to Riverbend with our victim liaison and was in position to witness the execution and at 1130 uh, the Tennessee Supreme Court granted a stay and, you know, it, it's just devastating 
to think of all she had been through. And then, you know, there just an hour and a half before it was finally going to come to an end, it was halted. And and I, that kind of stuck with me just to see the, you know, the real-life trauma to victims' family members. Um, but after that stay, the court had remanded the case, and it, he went on to to lose on remand, and he was he was executed six years later. But, you know, that I think that just demonstrates how difficult this is on victims. Amy, thank you for joining us. We will continue with a step-by-step explanation of the criminal appeals process in capital cases in the next episode of Making the Case. You can learn more on our website, tn.gov slash attorney general, and you can check the episode notes for a direct link. <laughs>